I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Outpellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Welcome back, Alpellets fans. We're excited to have Nicole joining us today. I'm Becky Haddad. We've got Mike Ritalik and Brian Myers joining the conversation about perceptions of STEM by secondary ag teachers in Pennsylvania. Before we get into that, Nicole, could you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about um, what we're talking about today. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Nicole Geis, and I'm a recent graduate from the Pennsylvania State University. So today we're talking about some undergraduate research that I did with two professors, Dr. Ewing and Dr. Foster. And I will be a current agri-science teacher starting a new program this fall. So I'm very excited about that. We are also really excited about that. Um, One, because it's super exciting that you're heading into the classroom. But two, when we think about probably your research and the implications there, you're in a great position to think about what does this mean for the classroom? So thanks thanks again for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about your study and what you were working on. Sure. So I'll start by telling you kind of where the idea came from. I was doing an internship with the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau, and one of my responsibilities was to make some professional development for general teachers. It could have been high school math. It could have been second grade science. It was kind of all over the place, but to give them resources to incorporate agriculture into their classroom. And as we were talking about some different activities, it came up in conversation that agriculture is really a lot like STEM. And it has a lot of applications. And so as I was thinking about this going into my senior year of undergrad, I was wondering, do the ag teachers in Pennsylvania think this is STEM too? Do they see themselves as STEM teachers? Is there a connection there? And so that's how we got started on this research project. It was a questionnaire and we asked um, all 256 ag teachers in Pennsylvania, just their thoughts and their confidence about teaching science, technology, engineering, and math in their classrooms. So Nicole, give us the big reveal. What'd you find out? What did these teachers think about this? I can't wait any longer. Yeah, so when we, all the data came back, we um, analyzed it and we found that ag teachers kind of land right in the middle. So they're not super confident about teaching STEM and making those connections in their classroom. However, they're also not terrible at it either. So they kind of fall somewhere in the middle. They have some background knowledge and that's really exciting because that means there's room for improvement and we can kind of target those specific areas for improvement with professional development opportunities, perhaps maybe with training for pre-service candidates. And so where there's areas for improvement, that's always exciting. So what are some of those key areas for improvement, Nicole? What are some of those things that we need to be thinking about as far as ag teachers and their perceptions of STEM? Sure. So kind of two really interesting specific areas came out of this study. And one was that teachers with more than 10 years of experience are needing more um, professional development, more help in the content area of 21st century learning attitudes. So things like teaching collaboration in the classroom, working together, Um, 
those skills that will really set students up for success either in college or having a career in the 21st century. Also, what we observed in the data was that males consistently um, reported a lower confidence score, so they weren't as confident in their abilities to teach STEM than females. So that was interesting. We're not exactly sure why that would happen, but it's definitely something to note that we can help our male agri-science teachers out a little bit when it comes to STEM instruction. And also young educators like myself, so ages 18 to 24, they also could use a little help in the content areas of STEM instruction, and maybe that could be handled at the pre-service level or um, in, new in the new and beginning teacher level when you're just getting support out of school. So, so tell us a little bit about uh, kind of the support mechanisms that uh, you think need to be enacted to kind of help uh, teachers build that confidence when it comes to STEM education. Sure, so I'll speak for myself since I kind of fall into that category as well. Um, I think at the newing beginning teacher level, when I think about my confidence for teaching STEM, I feel really confident in the sciences because I've taken biology and chemistry um, in college. And so I have that background and it's fairly fresh in my mind. Where And technology is also another one that I think I'm very confident in as a, a digitally fluent person. I'm familiar with social media and other people in my age bracket, I think would say the same thing. But for me, engineering is kind of where I feel my confidence drops down a little bit. And so I think any professional development that can be done in um, the content areas of engineering would be really helpful for especially young educators. So engineering, those are the folks that drive the train, right? <laughs> they could be, but they could also... <laughs> They could also be a whole lot of other things too, especially when we think about agriculture. Um, one of my favorite activities related to engineering and kind of how I've learned more about it um, relates to Temple Grandin and her studies and her research in designing um, cattle handling shoots. So that's all ag engineering and that can be super applicable to the classroom in a way we can um, teach students more about STEM and agriculture at the same time. Nicole, you're so wonderful. You just kind of patted me on the head with my really bad dad joke and moved right on and said something very, very intelligent and useful. So well done. See, you are going to be a phenomenal classroom teacher because somebody like me cannot get you distracted. That, that's fantastic. So, Nicole, you bring up the Temple Grandin example as far as ag engineering goes, which could fit in a lot of different places as far as, you know, being something that you talk about in animal science with animal handling. You could talk about it in an ag mechanics class when you talk about structures and some of those systems. So how much when we think about some of these STEM perceptions has to do with what we call it and calling out when we're actually doing that STEM stuff that maybe we're already doing and how much of it is really, you know, coming back to we've got to be more purposeful or more intentional about some of these integrations. I think it's, I think it's both. So as I'm designing this new agri-science program for the high school I'll be teaching at, I've thought a lot about that and incorporating STEM into the classes that I'm teaching. So for example, I have an animal science class and I would really love to teach some ag business within that class, even though I don't have a separate ag business class. And so how can I incorporate the science, the technology, and the math applications of business into my animal science course. So I think it's half of it is kind of finagling it into the courses that you're already teaching, and just being purposeful about calling out those connections for the students. And I think the other part of it too is just being um, 
intentional about your course design. So maybe you can rename some courses or suggest new courses to your administration that would emphasize those four pillars of STEM. So Nicole, when you think about your colleagues, uh, you know, these folks are gonna be coming in like yourself, just starting building new programs and doing those sort of things. What advice would you have for either state leaders or veteran teachers or school administrators to kind of help best support you and your colleagues and in, in the work you're trying to do and understanding uh, how to highlight the STEM in your programs? That's a really great, great question. And I'm not sure I have all the answers for that. Um, but I know something that I think would be really helpful to ag teachers and state leadership when we're trying to talk about how we can incorporate these into, or the pillars of STEM into agri-science programs is just by talking to industry professionals, bringing in those people who do this every day and can talk about you know, their job, their careers, and how they use science, technology, engineering, and math, but also how they use agriculture every day. And students also like to hear from someone different besides their teachers, so that helps too. Well, I think you brought a great concept that I think we need to think about more with your animal sciences class. You know, there was this big push several years ago to really have these focused courses because, you know, back in the stone ages, whenever I was taking high school ag, we took ag one, two, three, and four. And we did a little bit of agronomy, a little bit of plant animals on all the things throughout the way to do that. But then we got into this idea where we wanted to have this plant sciences class and then this animal sciences class and this agribusiness class. And your idea of like, okay, how do we really integrate the two? Because if you are a, an animal rancher producer, I don't care if it's beef cattle, dairy cattle, hogs, chickens, goats, rabbits, or iguanas, I mean, you've got to be able to, to, to bring in the, the economics with the production side and all the other aspects that are, that are happening and trying to manage that with, with all the plants as well. So can you talk a little bit more about just your own ideas? I mean, what, what are Nicole's ideas on how, do, how we can help maybe get back to that practical side? Because if I, again, if I'm going to be a producer, I am not just thinking only about nutrition level, I got to figure out how to balance the ration, how to pay for all this stuff, what's going to make the most money for, for what I'm going and balancing all the vet bills to do those things. So how do you see, how should that drive what we're doing in our classrooms and for those of us that are helping to prepare future ag teachers? So I'll share kind of two ideas to get to your question there. So the first um, being the supervised agricultural experience, the SAE project. I think that really allows students to take these things they're learning in class, these applications of STEM and apply them to the real world. So when they're managing their own, say, milk goat operation, they're learning how to pay for the feed every week. They're learning how to communicate with their um, customers about selling the milk or whatever they're gonna make with their goat products. They're learning how to call the vet how to care for the animal and those sorts of things. So I think that real world, real world experience is really helpful for the students in kind of combining all of these ideas together and seeing where there's overlap. Another idea that I've had just from the classroom instruction side is, I actually heard this from another teacher too, so I can't take credit for it, um, but she has a bulletin board and she divides it into four quadrants, an S, a T, an E, and an M. And every time they talk about something in class, the students write the topic down on an index card and they have to put it on the bulletin board where they think it goes. So 
maybe today we're talking about the life cycle of chicks. Is that science? Is it technology? Is it engineering or is it math? And really what the conclusion the students come to is that what we talked about today is all four of these things and there's overlap. And so they're able to kind of arrange it on the board in the manner where they think the overlap is. So maybe it's a little more science and a little less technology. And so they'll put it more to the S side of the board than the T. But that's a way for students to just visualize where the overlap between these four ideas is. And that's a great strategy that kind of addresses some of the confidence that you talked about as far as teachers comfortability teaching it. If we have some of those strategies where we're thinking about how do we let the students really dig in on this, um, that also addresses some of your implications. Um, so what are some other ideas as far as kind of growing that confidence of teachers um, kind of coming back to some of those, those pieces as far as that 21st century learning, that specific STEM teaching where, where are those other practical strategies that teachers can say, oh yeah, well, I, I could do like, I could have students stick an index card on a board. Like I can do that. Yeah, I think for me at this point in my career, it's seeking out those professional development opportunities because that's where I'm learning these new um, strategies and pulling on new resources that I'm learning about. So I think the CASE Institutes, the Curriculum for Agri-Science Education is a great way to bring in the four pillars of STEM. They do a lot of lab-based experiments. And so you can take a training there to learn more about how to use that in your classroom. I think that's a great resource. Um, in Pennsylvania, we have the Center for Professional Personnel Development and they work closely with the ag teachers and it's run by Penn State and they provide a lot of programming. It's very specific. So if teachers say they have a need in this area, they'll go and try and find the expert and bring them in. So Having those connections with your university, your state FFA association, they can help you find the right people and put you in touch where you can find these good ideas and resources. So, so one of your things you, you mentioned there was that um, early career teachers wanted more content. And, and that has been something I, I think um, Becky would agree with me, we could go to the literature and surveys that have done back on papyrus and stone tablets and new teachers have always said they wanted more content. So what do we do about that? How, you know, you're, you're a beginning teacher and you're, so you're just kind of in the throes of this thing. Where could, where could you have gotten more content? What could we be doing to help, help build that? Or what should our strategy be? And I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing that people want more content. I'm, I'm glad they want that rather than say, quit talking to me. Um, so what, what can we be doing to help address some of those things? Yeah, I think that question really gets to the recommendations of this research project. One of them being to go look at the pre-service candidates at the universities. And so for this particular study, we were hoping to do some um, focus groups with some pre-service candidates to learn more about their perceptions of STEM and if they kind of line up with what's in the field or maybe they have different needs. And I think if you surveyed the pre-service candidates, they would say the same thing too about um, needing more content and to make them feel confident in this subject area of STEM. So that's definitely on the horizon, something that could be done in addition to this research project to learn more about. I'd just like to clarify that I know very little about research done on papyrus and stone tablets. Um, 
to just to get that out there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I am the resident <laughs> old guy. I understand that. But you know, even with that uh, more limited knowledge base, um, I think you know when we think about that content piece around STEM, you also have you also found those. Those, those teamwork and job skills, those essential skills are ones that I think we found students don't necessarily see themselves getting out of, especially, you know, SAE, um, but maybe don't see themselves <clears throat> getting through their ag classes. What are some of those maybe less contenty things that we also need to be kind of working on as far as especially how do we how do you make sure that you're you're teaching teamwork? How do you make sure you're teaching communication? Where do those come in? Um, kind of back to Brian's point about where do we, where are we really being integrated in our approaches to plant science? Yeah, I think some of those integrations could come just in the classroom doing group work, um, like group projects, learning how teaching students to work together, who's doing what part of the project that builds communication skills, teamwork skills, time management. Um, also occurs on your chapter officer teams when students are working together to plan events, to um, go out into the community and educate the public about agriculture or other things. Um, I think there's definitely areas within the entire program for students to learn about ways that they can be, be better 21st century citizens. So communicating, working on teams, and um, being an effective leader. So Nicole, one of the topics that usually comes up whenever we start talking about perceptions of STEM and if ag teachers are doing this sort of thing, we got, a lot of times come back to the good old fashioned, does an ag course earn a science credit or does it earn a, you know, some other kind of credit toward graduation to do that? What are your thoughts on that? And, and where, where, what, kind of, what kind of information or, or did you collect in your study on that? So in this study, we didn't collect any information related to courses counting for science credits. Um, I recently did a student teaching internship and at that high school, students were able to earn a general science elective credit for taking an ag class. If it were me, I would definitely take a look at the syllabi for my courses and I know I designed them with the intention that students are using those science skills that they would use in a biology or a chemistry class with hopes that they do earn a science credit, whether that's through the high school. I know my school is working towards an articulation agreement so that students can earn college credits, whether they're science credits or ag credits. Um, but I think it's really important that students can earn some type of credit to show that they are using these science and um, technology skills in their ag classes. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great way of putting it. It's this idea about how it's value, a value add, not necessarily either or. We're not trying to substitute the general biology or general chemistry or whatever else, but how do we find a way to, just as you were talking about integrating animal science and you know agribusiness principles, how do we integrate those basics of chemistry and biology together into a, into a live way of doing it and recognizing that that's happening? I think there's an opportunity to do that and what you know, the whole concept, you know, there's, there's even some discussion going on now, like, is, is STEM even really a thing? Is it, is a STEM one thing or a STEM four separate things? Or is it, you know, what, what is it? And I think you do a great job here of really talking through, let's not worry about some of those sort of things, but let's figure out what's the best way to, 
to educate the, the students that are in our classes and, and really make an impact on them and, and help our industry. So I, I really commend you guys for doing that. Yeah, thank you. It's been, I've, it's been an eye-opening experience to do this research project and I've learned a lot that I'm taking with me to my future program just having done this study. So thank you for having me. So one kind of question I have for you to kind of wrap, for my last question at least, is so we talked about this whole thing if you were going to sit down with a school administrator, what would you tell them is the real, some of the real value to having an agri-science program in their school? And then how should they kind of position the agri-science program with the rest of the programs in their school? So I think the real value of an agriculture education program is the the three circles that we talk about all the time and how they're integrated. So this whole time we've been talking about connections and integration. And I think that really is where the magic happens for students. So they learn about it in class, they can um, attend an FFA event or compete competitively showcasing that knowledge. And then they can kind of do an independent project that kind of wraps that all up together in a nice pretty bow for them. But that whole entire time they're really developing as a future leader in their community. So they have all these skills, they have this content knowledge, and now they're able to go be effective leaders in the agricultural industry. And I know at the high school that I'm going to be at, agriculture or an agriculture program wasn't there before, but the real need for having one now is because the community wants it and they see an economic benefit of having students who are well-prepared in this industry and can talk about it um, fluently and they're able to participate um, with the other local industries. Nailed it. <laughs> and I think that's the perfect place to wrap up as far as that, that reminder of just how important it is that regardless of what we call it, our students are coming away better prepared for jobs, having those essential skills, knowing that content, coming away with leadership skills. Um, and that's, I think, just an awesome take home message for us today. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we look forward to continued conversations around STEM and Ag Ed. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.